This is Daydreaming About Dragons, Reply Show November. This is not a regular episode of Daydreaming About Dragons. In my regular episode structure, we usually, and sometimes that structure breaks down, as structure does, usually what we do is we have an, uh, a, a technique or a thought about actual play of tabletop role-playing games, and then we have the inspiration goat, which is my way of processing. I laugh every time I say inspiration goat because it makes me giggle. And, and uh, my wife uh, kindly donates the inspiration goat noise, and it is uh, her goat impression is astounding. So it makes me laugh every time I do it. And the inspiration goat is where I take a piece of media, I talk about it a little bit, and I, and I also talk about what about it I'm thinking it makes it what about what it inspires me to think about in gaming. And what I would want to take out of it for gaming or what I have taken out of it for gaming or what I'm, you know, maybe thinking about taking out of it for gaming. And all of this is about tabletop role-playing games in an effort to create uh, another voice in the ongoing conversation and inspire other people to get their own voices going. And I hope it does that. I hope you get your voice out there. If it's not through uh, a your own show or a podcast, or a Twitch stream, or a YouTube video, or whatever it is, an email to me, a tweet. I just want to get the conversation going. That's what this is about. It's not about me talking about my decades of experience or any nonsense like that. I'm actually more interested in people's experiences when they're brand new to gaming and they have fresh eyes. That is, intri- that is intriguing to me. So it's not about my experience or my expertise Uh, It's about techniques that I find useful and how I think they might be useful to you and how I would love to hear from you about how they are useful or not useful or what's going on at your table. So this is more about a conversation than it is about uh, talking from the pulpit. I hope that makes sense. This is Reply Show November. My Reply Shows are numbered in an entirely different way so that if you want to skip them, you can just skip them. Some people love reply shows, some people don't, so I take them out of my normal uh, numbering system. I only have one reply that today. It's from Ray Otis, who has been a great supporter of this effort since the very beginning, and I got an interesting question from him mirrored back at me when I asked a question to him, which was really awesome of him, and so I wanted to talk about it. And... It became its own thing, and it became kind of a long, a long talk about dystopia. So I hope you like it, and there will be bits in the show notes on how to get in touch with me and how to support the show, and there'll be more about that in the outro. So I'll see you on the other side. Here we go. Ray Otis, over on Pundergrounds, bounced a question back at me where he was listing his five favorite dystopian novels and I said hey how does dystopian fiction reflect in your RPGs and he said I'll answer that but I'm reflecting it back on you so I'm answering let's talk about dystopia a little bit so I think the most obvious ones that come up are when I'm playing misspent youth Uh, we had one misspent youth game where uh, debt was transferable down generations So when you were in too much debt, you could actually indenture yourself to a corporation and get tattooed with corporate logos. It was horrific, and it was well worth rebelling against, as Rob Bull's game brings out. And there will be links to both Plundergrounds and Misspent Youth 
in the show notes because those things both rock. Uh, how else does dystopian come up? I think it comes up in my stars without number game without a doubt. Uh, just, you know, stars without number, my, my, my formative experience with stars without number was Adam Coble's swan song, uh, stream. And that was how I learned about it. And he always referred to it as an anarcho capitalist nightmare. And that's definitely how I see it, uh, where, Free the the free market has run amok, and here we are. Uh, everyone is strapped with weapons, and uh, things can go very poorly very quickly. So it definitely comes up in my Stars Without Number game. In our last Stars Without Number game, they were on a planet called Arafile, whose nickname is the Archive Planet, and that planet had been defunded due to ta- the way the taxes in the system were allocated and the planet had gone from a tech four to a tech three to a tech two uh tech level two um you know level of technology so basically they were at a steam level of technology they were like the wild west okay and they could no longer keep up their databases. They could no longer give people access to the information that they wanted. And this archive was, uh, a, was, was established when uh, people from Earth first came to this system. And one of the things that the Earth mandate does, the Terran mandate, they call it, is they establish a big digital library for people to come get information. And this library had been defunded over the centuries so much that it was now steam tech. And the Archive Congress was trying to figure out how to keep things up and, and, and preserve its data. And it was a damn mess. So if that isn't... Uh, I mean, so on one hand, that is a personification of a librarian's fears about what could happen to libraries, you know, moving forward. Absolutely. But on the other hand, it is a product of the, of, the, of the system generation that happens when you roll a bunch of dice on the tables that make a system for uh, Stars Without Number. And my mind got an archive uh, that was, you know, a, a Terran archive that had tech level two. And I was like, wow, what happened? Like, you can't sustain a Terran archive at tech level two. You know, so what happened and, and how are they dealing with it? And it's this cool, tragic planet and the players are really digging into it. And so I'm, I, that's definitely a dystopian thing. I am nowadays uh, hesitant to dig too deep into dystopia. I mean, it comes naturally, right? I feel like uh, power dynamics and governmental oppression, that's going to be always probably going to be a part of my games. So that's that. That's a thing. Whether the players dig into it or not is the player's choice and is about what the game is about. So that's about how we decide what we're playing. But it's always going to be there on some level, right? We're not going to be playing a fantasy game where we decide that we're playing in a feudal system and not have me thinking about the vassals at some point. Now, it might, it's not going to be politics all day long. If you want to go dungeon delving, that's fine. But at some point, dungeon delvers always look up and they're like, man, I've got wads of gold and wads of power. Time to change the world. And when they do, the world's going to be a damn mess. So 
you know, dystopia feeds into my, my fantasy too, I think. But you don't need to go too far. I feel like we're living in a dystopian future right now. Uh, we're in the midst of it. And so it's a difficult time. Uh, you know, I was, I was working at NYPL when, you know, just a few, few months ago. And, and Handmaid's Tale and 1984 were, were circulating so much that, that we had to buy new ones. You know, the library system had to buy new copies because they were going out so much because they're reading like a handbook for what's happening in our, in our country. So do I incorporate dystopia in my games? Absolutely. And do I, and, and do I incorporate power dynamics and how that can be a mess in my games? Absolutely. But I'm also careful about it. I know that we're all living in a dystopian future right now, and it is affecting us in different ways, uh, depending on your, your gender and your heritage and your background and the way you look. And so I am also keeping an eye out when I game. I'm not trying to beat any of my friends and loved ones who I game with at the table, uh, you know, with dystopian stuff that they have to live with every day. Uh, that's honestly the big concern with dystopia right now is uh, I don't want to exhaust my friends. So is it on my mind? Yes. But my friends are also on my mind. So that's what I'm thinking about dystopia nowadays. Those are my thoughts. If you've got some thoughts on how dystopia is showing up at your table, I would love to hear them. Hit me up, and there will be info in the outro on how to get in touch with me. All right? Let's finish this up. All right. I got a good response over in, on Mastodon. I'll link to it in the show notes from Alex. And he is rocking out about torture and role-playing. And he started a kind of a cool conversation. So I'll link to that. And that is from uh, a few episodes ago. Uh, the AP segment is called, I think, uh, Torturing the Poor Goblin. And it, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. And, and absolutely, there, there is a part of me that, that says, yeah, we, I don't want to play torture because it's not realistic. But the truth is, even if more data were to come out and it was realistic, it's still not interesting to me. Still not interesting to me. But I'll, I'll play the realism card if I have to. If you, you force me into that corner, I will do it. So the fact that, you know, we've, we've come to that and, and we know that you don't get actionable intelligence from torture, that they will just tell you whatever they think you want to know and want to hear, definitely plays into uh, not wanting to use torture in my game. But there's also the part of, hey, I'd like to not. That's not interesting to me. And, 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 and it's, a, you know, if the, the players are frustrated, we should talk about that. So that's out there. Uh, check out the conversation. Let me know. Let me know if you've got any strange torture stories in your game. If you want uh, sentences I never thought I would say. And... I'd love to hear about it. Always love to hear about what's going on at your table. So hit me up. All right. 
Thank you for listening to Reply Show November. As I said, this is not a regular show. This was just a short reply show coming in the midweek. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are asking yourself, how can I support this show and the efforts that go into making it? I appreciate that thought. That's a very kind thought. You can purchase my book, The Dictionary of Moo. You can hit the support this this show button, which is in the show notes and also on the Anchor site where the show originates. You can send me an email, uh, an Anchor message, an MP3, uh, a tweet, whatever it is you want. Talk about the show. Talk about what it what it inspires in you. Talk about what's going on at your table. And I will include that in a future reply show and get the conversation going, which is what this is all about. And I would love to hear from you. My email is judd dot k-a-r-l-m-a-n at gmail.com and my twitter is always linked in the show notes so you can look for it there it's judd underscore of underscore cryos with a k k-r-y-o-s which is an homage to a show i was blessed to be a part of called the sons of cryos back in the day with jeff and storm and i'd love to hear from you if you have any questions if you have any thoughts drop me a line All right. Uh, Summertime is in full swing. I hope you are getting enough sun, processing your vitamin D, eating your veggies, all that good stuff, and just generally taking care of yourself. Hope your table is a place of surprise and imagination, and I will talk to you soon.